hard work every day. Not an easy mom, got no time to play. Always on the go. You stuck on the flow, but it's time for the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Not For Lazy Moms. I'm actually feeling pretty energized today because Chase slept and he slept well. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Allie? How you doing today? You know, I'm feeling good, too. I feel like it's always a good morning when you you don't have to heat up your coffee a thousand times in the microwave. And I was actually able to enjoy a full hot cup this morning. So I'm feeling good. That is amazing. And I'm loving your fresh blowout. It looks good. <laughs> you look, you really do look refreshed. You look like, look, yeah. you gave me a break for once. <laughs> yeah. How you feeling, baby? I'm feeling pretty good. I actually got up at 530 this morning, worked out for an hour. So I'm feeling great. He did. He did. Chase has been having uh, some issues with the season changing. So he's been having a little allergies, I guess. His nose has been very stuffy at night. And I, with my new oils, Mila Eve Essentials, I actually whipped up a little concoction. I like to make my own nasal spray. So I use uh, Celtic sea salt. I boil some hot water. And then I use a few drops of like rosemary, frankincense, and I add it into the salt mixture and then I heavily dilute it. And I have these little bottles that I bought on Amazon that are for the nose spray. He woke up at one o'clock this morning, completely stuffed. I sprayed one pump in each side of his nose. He was out in five minutes, slept until eight o'clock this morning, completely clear. So it worked. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited. You can hear my energy level right now. I slept very well. It's it's really amazing what one night of sleep that our kids give us, like just does for us, you know, and then they'll screw it up tonight, but it's fine. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so grateful right now. Listen, and I'm really excited about the topic we're going to talk about today, which is uh, perfectly imperfect. This is such a topic for me because I'm not perfect, but I'm a perfectionist. And sometimes that can get confused. (laughs) But I will say some of my discussion points that I want to go over today are living your best life is already challenging. But during this selfie age, do you feel that it adds to the challenge? How do we separate what we see on social media versus what really happens in life behind closed doors from perfect pictures, perfect bodies, perfect relationships and perfect parenting? What happens when we remove the filters? Are we truly happy with ourselves? How do we separate the facade of social media life versus real life? And most importantly, how do we protect our children from so much fakery? I mean, this topic is going to be loaded I think it's very necessary that we we talk about this because it's an issue. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? Chris is not really a social media person, um, which is fine. I never was until I joined the Real Housewives of Potomac. The only thing that we had was Facebook. Um, And that was only because of our wedding to keep our guests uh, up to speed. And then once we got pregnant with Christopher, it was like I'm stuck in Alabama with Chris with nobody. So it was my only way of communicating with my family. I did not have an Instagram or Twitter until I joined the show because it was a part of the package. I had to maintain social media. So now it's more like business, but then I also do enjoy engaging with people who follow and hearing their feedback about the episodes and just life in general. So 
For me, I tell you, um, you know, just dealing with social media, I don't really care for it. I think, you know, people air too much of their business on social media. Um, they're obsessed with it. But it's funny that I say that I'm on reality TV. So everybody kind of, you know, <laughs> looks at our life, you know, we're open book. But I'm just not a big fan of it. You know, I see people posting too much, you know, whether they were, you know, sick the day before or this happened or that happened. It's just like way too much. You know, for me, I, I just kind of, you know, tend to my own business. You know, I watch football on TV, tend to my family, and that's pretty much it. But 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 I will, I'm sorry, Alec, for cutting you off. But I will say this is a great topic because you know just dealing with kids. You know, my kids are growing up in this age, and you know, right now they're not on social media as far as you know being active and stuff like that. But eventually they will be. So we definitely have to program them and let them know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, stuff like that, and kind of have them ready for you know what they're about to be facing. You know, I will say that you guys. Um, in particular, you know, you are in the spotlight and I feel like I'm sure there's more added pressure to present yourself a certain way on social media. And I got to give you credit because to me, you've always been so authentic and real. And, you know, you show when Chase is on your lap, not letting you work or when your kids are acting up and you're trying to have this nice family dinner. So I, I appreciate that because I do think there's a lot of pressure with social media to present yourself a certain way, to present perfection. And that's not the reality. And I do think one of the things about quarantine that has been positive is that it kind of threw us for a loop and that we were all going through it together. So yeah. people that are posting perfect pictures, I mean, you just know that's BS because you know that it is hard I'm trying not to curse right now, um, going through this. So, you know, showcasing what it's really like working from home with your kids doing virtual school or on a Zoom meeting when your kid has recess online, like it's a cluster right now. So I think it's easier to kind of see the fake these days on social media versus what's real. Yes, absolutely. And I use my social media as a way to let people have a little insight of what it is like in our real life. You know, I don't have photo, photo uh, like I don't do photo shoots for the gram. Like I don't, like people say, do it for the gram. I just don't. If I am so, you know, dressed up or, you know, if I just did uh, some press and I'll take a picture and I'll post it that way, but I don't do it like specifically for Instagram. I do it just because, oh, here's what I did today. Here's my picture of me. But then I also post real life pictures of me and my kids and my husband. Um, I sometimes have my little do-rag on my head, my scarf tied up, bunned up, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I feel like people should see all aspects of who you are so that they can also feel like, oh, okay, they're they're just like me. They're normal people mm -hmm. just like me. And it's an opportunity for me to let people see who I am outside of what they see um, in my particular case on the show. So um, when it comes to the kids, I do have Instagram accounts for all of my kids and my parents, <laughs> uh, which I maintain. Um, but I'm very particular about what I post. At one point, their accounts were open. Um, now they're private. Um, because you have some really creepy people out there who I do not want looking at my kids' pictures. And then I do make sure that their pictures are appropriate. Um, you know, they're fully clothed. Uh, uh, Chase, I got locked out of his Instagram account because I can't remember which email address I used <laughs> to start his account. So it's telling me to like change his password and I've not been able to, I need to reach out to Instagram, get on that but I need to change his over to uh, private as well. So his is the only one that I haven't been able to yet. But 
I do try to explain to my kids, even when they know I'm doing videos for Insta story, you know, certain things when they think it's funny, I'm like, that's not cute for social media. You know, that's not something that you want to show um, on social media. Like my kids love running around the house naked, but I'm like, listen, if I'm recording you and I'm telling you that I'm going to put this on Instagram, don't flash me. (laughs) So it's like teaching them even at a young age, what's appropriate and what's not. Um, Reinforcing that even when we go out into public, you know, you don't speak that way in public. Nobody wants to hear about how you farted five times in a (laughs) row in public. Some people don't think that's funny when we're at home. It's hilarious. You know, it's like, oh, who did that? And I'll tell my son, my oldest son, that smells awful. He'll say thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud of his stinking mind. <laughs> like a grown man. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I think that um, a real big issue when it comes to this selfie age is body imagery. I feel like people are posting pictures where they're like snatching their waistline in and they're, you know, emphasizing the waist like it's super small. Then when you see them in person, you're like, wait, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, it's like catfish. Yes. (laughs) I went down this like long rabbit hole of Googling, like, is there this plastic surgery where it makes your waist like literally one inch and then your hips? Like I just... It was just, you know, it's that Kim Kardashian that I, I don't know. And then I keep seeing all these pictures that, I, you know, I, I just was so confused. I'm like, is this real? Oh, my God. It's definitely some type of tuning effect where they snatch the waist. I don't even know how to use. I think it's called face tune or something. If I want to have like a smooth, soft, um, you know, something like clean image, I'll use uh, what is it called? Microsoft selfie. But it's just one touch and go. I don't know how to do all of that, like snatching your nose, snatching your lip. Anybody got time for that? Like, honestly, and, and I don't want people, when I meet people outside my home and they're just like, oh, ew, you don't look <laughs> like what you do on social media. No, I prefer them to say, oh, wow, you look better in person. <laughs> you know, like, saying, like I don't want to look completely different. Um, my body is what it is. I am shaped like a 12-year-old boy at times when I'm not pregnant. I just go right back to this like straight and narrow body and I hate it personally. But then you have people who will see me and say, oh, my God, what did you do to get your body like that? And I'm looking at their curves and said, you know, saying to them, how can I get that butt? How can I get those hips outside of being pregnant? I'm done having kids. I don't want to get knocked up again to gain weight. But that's the only time I potentially, you know, gain some significant weight. So I don't know. What do you think? I like the way you look. So, oh, well, of course I you do. It, so Thank it, you. It doesn't matter to me. But um, no, I, I I just think we put too much pressure on ourselves. You know, trying to look perfect, trying to look like the people on TV, which a lot of those people have a lot of work done on, on themselves, and which is unhealthy in the end. So, um, you know, I think that people get too wrapped up in it, and it's not good. And uh, also, the kids are growing up looking at this stuff, and you know, they're raised in it. So eventually, they're going to start doing certain things to their bodies and stuff like that trying to actually look like what the filter really makes you look like after you present it. You yes. That's yes, dangerous. absolutely. I see a lot of young people that appear to be having plastic surgery, yes. like very young. I got my boobs done a few months before I got married, you know, because I just felt like they would look great in my wedding dress. And also that was something that I wanted to do like all my life for <laughs> me, not I, for other people. That was something I wanted for me. And I was yeah. totally against it. He was. I, I, I was like, I like you the way you are. You're perfect. 
but I kind of like it a little bit better now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best investment ever right here. Um, I don't spend a bunch of money on clothes. I spend them on boobs and travel. <laughs> and, you know, get obsessed with it. And, you know, before you know it, in three years, you've had 20 surgeries. You know, that that's ridiculous. Yeah, I actually took Chris with me to get the consultation. And once the doctor kind of broke everything down and we're trying different boob sizes on, he went from, no, I don't believe in this. I'm against it to, I think you should get the bigger ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about I mean, you, Allie? Yeah. I mean, first off, I hear you. I feel like we look in the mirror and we don't see what others see. And, you know, we only see, oh my gosh, look at my armpit fat or, oh my, you know, my neck looks too like wrinkly. Like we just see these well, little some, imperfections. Some people might want to get their necks checked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Some people's necks are a little too wrinkled. <laughs> so you need to start swallowing more or do something to exercise that neck. Do they have like Kegels, but for your neck or something? What's it? <laughs> neck Kegels. Do some neck Kegels. <laughs> that neck ain't getting a good enough workout. So it's starting to collapse and give up. <laughs> but you know, it's funny, like hearing Chris, like, you know, say how beautiful you are, which of course, you know, is true. Um, you know, just the other morning, I wanted to go upstairs to straighten my hair before we were starting our day, you know, and M Matt, my husband and my son, Sam, who's, you know, almost five, they're like, we think you look beautiful. And I go upstairs and I'm like, okay, you know what? That's just obnoxious. Cause I clearly look ridiculous right now, but you know, you are always, I feel like a role model for your kid, which is, you know, a lot of pressure too. But you want to, you know, I, I felt almost bad changing how I, you know, actually straightening my hair in that moment because my son, not for, you know, for my husband, whatever, but for my son, I, I, I wanted to accept that he saw that as beauty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I, but really I did look like a hot mess. So I ended up fixing it anyways. But, um, but you know what I love is that I do wonder for the children whose parents do way too much for social media and they're so obsessed over how they look to the point where I wonder if it does put pressure on the child. Like you said, you're the child's example. And I think it's great that your children can look at you in your natural state and see that as beauty. And then when, why are my notifications on, on my laptop? This is so annoying. I don't know if you can hear it, but it yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. I get an email and I get an email like every five seconds and I don't even know how to turn this off. So I apologize to y'all right now. Um, but yes, I feel as though that alone can put a lot of pressure on a child because they're watching you. You're the greatest example. So for my kids, they see me most of the day. I'm not walking around looking like this. I don't have you know, my hair down. I literally have my hair wrapped up. Allie actually saw me earlier. I was like, clearly I'm not ready as I was trying to run upstairs and get done. But I was still in pajamas. And like I had to go get freshened up and, you know, get myself together. But I actually like when I do get myself together and my kids notice and they're like, oh, mommy, where are you going? Mm -hmm. So clearly they can see the difference. They know that, hey, this is what mommy looks like on the normal. And oh, when mommy goes out the house, she gets herself together. I think that's setting a good example of just being you. But then also when you leave the house, knowing how to make yourself look. Yes. 
I think that you hit the nail on the head. Like there is a balance. You're not saying five filters on your face when you take a picture, you know, which some of these filters that people post and they're like, you know, just hanging out. And it's like, okay, that looks ridiculous. But, you know, there is a balance of, you know, now my son is very into brushing his hair and putting hair gel in it and wearing button downs. And that's him. Like he wants to look presentable and he wants to feel good. It's all about you feeling good in your own skin, feeling comfortable, whatever that means to you, whether, you know, it means to, you know, dress a certain way to leave the house or, you know, get something done, whether it be your boobs or whatever, I want to get mine done. So I'm all about that. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, it's about you, not for anybody else. Yes. No, I totally agree. And like Chris, he I was about to sometimes say he's a little bit oh, too lax with the getting ready. And I'm going to be honest, when we're home at times, I'm like, babe, because he's lost so much weight. I'm like, dude, why are you walking around with this shirt that looks like a freaking drape? Like, I want to see you look <laughs> But then, no, but then when we leave the house, then it totally throws me off because then I'm looking at, whoa, you really lost a lot of weight as if I don't see him every day. But it's because he's, I feel like he's covering himself up. I'm like, dude, like, um, well, hello. Actually, actually, I went to the big and tall the other day and I wanted to get some new clothes, but I didn't like anything that they had. So everything that I have at home is pretty much big and baggy. I've dropped, what, probably 25 pounds. So, you know, I'm looking for new clothes, but it's hard. I only really have one store to shop at. That's the big and tall in Tyson's and that's it. Well, anybody who's out there listening, if you know a stylist for big and tall men, please send us an email to info at notforlazymoms.com. <laughs> <laughs> I am so serious because we it take is, free stuff too. So. <laughs> it is a struggle for him. I will definitely acknowledge that when it comes to his tailored suits, he's good. He has somebody that makes his suits and his dress shirts. But when it comes to just everyday outfits, I will definitely agree. It is hard for him to find things that can fit him. Um, the selection is very limited. So. You know what? I got to be honest, Chris, I'm short and small. So like I have problems too. I'm like one step away from shopping in the kids section. So (laughs) (laughs) do what you got to do. Do what you got to (laughs) do. So one other issue that I do notice is communication. So many people would rather slide into DMs when they're flirting and and, in that dating scene. I hear it from my friends all the time and then they'll go out on a date. And then there's nothing to talk about. They realize that the person who they're on the date with has no personality. They can text a good game. They could post a good read or whatever it is. But when they're actually having a conversation, it's almost like people have forgotten how to talk to each other face to face. Yes. But I will say because of that, because of how comfortable people are hiding behind their computers and, you know, being so open, you know, via text or DM, I really do think that if you go on, because I did the online dating thing before I met my husband. And I do think that you have to give the benefit of the doubt the first date and kind of realize it is awkward. You are used to hiding behind the computer and you do feel a little more confident that way. So maybe don't write them off unless it is so horrible and there are so many red flags that I get it, but maybe give it a little more time before you're like, Nope, it was awkward. Done. Right. But you know, it's crazy to me though, because if you're already communicating with this person for a while, you know, over uh, social media or whatever, you kind of get to know them already. So it seems like once you meet them in person, you really should be, you know, off and running because you already got familiar with them. But I get it. A lot of people don't work that way. I remember when I worked for Coach Saban, 
back at the University of Alabama, and he was upset about how, you know, the, the young kids are so wrapped up into social media. He said, you know, people don't know how to talk to, you know, each other anymore. They can't even ask a person out on a date because, you know, everything, you know, by social media nowadays. I mean, I think of it like, you know, with quarantine, not seeing friends face to face, not seeing family face to face, and then finally seeing them. And even though we were texting every day, once I saw them in person, I didn't know how to be social and really have a conversation. It, t it takes a little bit of time for some people to warm up. I know even when it comes to making mom friends, I'll text, you know, my son's um friends, moms, you know, a little bit first. And then when we hang out, it kind of is like dating. It's like a little awkward at first in person. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. And and I think even for me, um, I, I'm terrible at making mom friends because I'm just not very trusting of people anymore. Um, being on this show and on this platform with the Real Housewives of Potomac, um, it has put me into a sort of bubble to the extent where I'm only comfortable with people who I've known. And even to that extent, some not even, you know, um, when you've had enough people that you've known for a long time, betray you and see things that they feel as though is a come up so that they can be famous and people who are listening, who watch the show know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you know, it just, it really sucks. And it kind of, yeah, it just kind of makes you shell up and you're not very open um, so sometimes I'll engage in conversation and then all of a sudden I just fall off because I'm just like, why is this person really texting me? Why did they really want to get to know me? Why do they want to be around my kids? Like, what's your deal? Now I'm so skeptical of people and what their, um, and, and if they're, yeah, what their motives are and if they're being genuine. So, you know, it, it, it does really suck. So I'm, I'm more comfortable with the communication online or over text than when we get in person. Cause I'm just like, what, why are you here for real? You know, I'm side-eyed the whole time. And then I'm really protecting my kids because I don't need my kids being exposed to this world that I signed up for. So they're always at the top of my priority list when it comes to engaging with people. So um, so I totally get that. I wonder, um, when it comes to creating an environment for ourselves and our kids, what are some of the things that we can do to make sure that we're not living in this selfie age and it's affecting us to the point where it messes with our mental stability or our own uh, self-image and our self-esteem. And how do we make sure that not only our confidence is boosted in where it should be, but also our children? I, I think, you know, from a children's standpoint, you always have to talk to them and, you know, let them know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. You always encourage them. You know, you always tell them that, you know, no matter what, you're beautiful inside. But, you know, um, it's more important to be uh, beautiful inside than outside. Mm -hmm. You know, you compliment them regularly. Um, you know, let them express themselves. So you always reassure them, you know, that they're beautiful, they're good people. And don't get so wrapped up into social media, worried about what people think about them. Exactly. I agree. And I think, you know, putting the phone down um, and not being on social media when you're around your kids. Yes, if you want to take pictures and videos and post it on stories, totally fine. But like, you know, lately what I've been doing is I've just been taking videos and pictures and then I'll post them later on stories yeah. just because I don't want my kids. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to live more in the moment and not scroll to see what somebody tweeted two seconds ago because my, you know, year and a half year old. <laughs> <laughs> 
First of I, all, no, Chris over here, no, her. he's over here pointing at me like he even knows what I do on my phone. She's Chris, working a lot of times. I get Chris that. does not even know how to work social media that great. So you can't I, I ever to scroll through the pictures. You can't ever <laughs> tell me about what I'm doing. No, at one time, I, I am going to tell on this. At one time, we would be at dinner. It was back in the day. She's much better now. I give you credit. But it would be like we're at dinner and, you know, I'm wanting to talk and she's looking at her phone the whole time. So that used to frustrate me. So now he assumes because I'm looking at my phone that I'm on rule, social media. Put the phone down and let's talk. Right. But he assumes that when I'm on my phone that I'm on social media. So what I have to do now, thanks to Chris, is mm-hmm. when my kids are talking to me and they're like, mommy, put the phone down. Mommy, put the I will show them what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm checking these emails, mm-hmm. updating my calendar. I'm sending these responses back. That's what I'm doing. Let me finish this. And then I can, you'll have my full undivided attention because I'm not just scrolling to see what other people are saying on feeds. Most of the time when I do post, I'm checking to see what comments I got on my post. <laughs> you know, I'm checking to see. But you're still dealing with social media. Right. But it's not just social media. It's also checking emails. It's also. also it's different for you, Monique, because like social media is a lot of part of your brand and you and you know like so that's hard because it does go hand in hand right i'm a part of that brand too the engagement (laughs) is very like you have to engage in order to build the following the true following you must really be in tune with the followers that you have and communicate with them so it's like creating a relationship i look at each follower as like thank you for believing in my brand and believing in me and i don't just look at them as numbers i look at them as people who I can put something out there, hopefully that will help them or be some type of benefit to them. So I'm very, um, I'm very particular about what I post on my page, you know? So I try to do my best to be uh, responsible in my posting. And I do have some times where I might repost something, not fully reading what I just reposted. And then my followers will check me and say, Hey, you might want to read that whole article because that's not a good look. If you're reposting something and you don't really understand what was all a part of that. And I take all of that into account and I'll either delete or I'll clarify why I posted or what I liked from that post or what have you. So those are the type of engagements that I'm always looking after. But like I said, when my phone's in my hand, it's not always just social media. I do so much from my phone. Um, Thank God for smartphones these days. Most of the time I'm checking email. Like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I have Right now, 3,701 <laughs> emails that I have not even opened yet uh-huh. in one email account. The other one has 197. I have 127 text messages that I still haven't opened. So my phone is constantly blowing up and I try to do my best to stay on top of messages that are incoming and outgoing because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity, you know. Yeah, I do want to touch on something that you said that I think is important with social media, especially in this current climate. And that's like somebody tweeting back to you. Well, you know, you didn't read the whole article or whatever. There's just so much fighting on social media these days that like, I feel like for our mental health, it's good to have certain times a day where we just put the phone down. We don't go on Twitter. We don't go on Facebook, go on Instagram because I mean, I've even found myself I've, I've never been that person to like comment on a, on a post or whatever, uh, like that's a controversial post, but lately I've found myself doing that. And I'm like, okay, this is not good for my mental health that somebody else, what they're posting is affecting my day. Like that. Okay. Like I just keep, I don't get people who will go onto a page of a person who they don't like 
and then they'll just post a bunch of nastiness. Like for me, I'll just keep scrolling if I don't like the post, <laughs> you know, and like lately I have been doing social, what I call social media fasting, which has been great, especially given uh, with the show this past season, um, there has been a lot of controversy and also knowing that a lot of what, you know, the viewers are seeing has been like well over a year old. So I'm moved, I've moved past a certain place than what they're viewing on the screen. So there has to be a way to disconnect from knowing that, hey, I know what the end looks like and you don't. So let me just not even post. I'm not going to limit my comments. I'm not going to delete comments. I'm not going to block a bunch of people. Talk and say whatever it is that you want to say. And then later on, we'll see if you're still saying the same thing. And if you are, that's fine. But I don't have to engage and I don't have to respond. I don't have to look at social media if I don't want to. If I feel as though it is affecting my mental space, I'll just put it down. And I think that's the hard thing. People are becoming so addicted to social media that they don't know how to just let it sit there and walk away. Yeah. And I mean, people are just fighting about everything. I'm in this um, Facebook mom group um, for Bethesda, Potomac, Maryland area. And I kid you not, there was a very heated fight over whether or not you should clean your car, your kid's car seat. I'm not kidding. Like the things that were said, and I was like having my popcorn reading away, like sitting back, like, wow, this is some entertainment. You know, know, the funny thing about it is you should clean the car seat because it can get really nasty. So that should be common sense. For people to fight over that, that's just a lazy mom somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) They're justifying why they're nasty. That's right. And they're taking offense to it, I guess. That is you know, one quick point to what Monique was saying as far as, you know, kind of, you know, you read through stuff or you might not read it, you take a break. I remember when I played with the Redskins and we had some terrible seasons. I wasn't playing well. The whole team wasn't playing well. And one thing that I did to detox, I wouldn't watch the news because I knew if I watched the news, the sports uh, section of the news, they were going to bash us. So why sit around and watch that and depress myself, you know, yeah, so talk about I had to get his, away from it. Talk about all his holding penalties. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> so I would just go out and party and have a good time and don't worry about it. <laughs> and get mad at them for going out and partying. Right. And I used to get so frustrated. I think I was more frustrated than, Kit, than Chris because I'm like, how many people go to work nine to five, have a bad day, and then they go to the bar, have a cocktail, and enjoy themselves? Mm-hmm. So just because these guys are on mm-hmm. TV playing a professional sport, they had a bad game, does that mean they're supposed to go home and, and punish themselves and ground themselves and stay in the house why can't they go out and have a good time and then get themselves ready for the week um like anybody else does yeah we're human too sometimes. right they irritate me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so what do you think about cancel culture omg on social media cancel culture is at an all-time high <laughs> it is like to the point where it's kind of getting annoying because People will give these fake apologies Mm -hmm. just so they won't be attacked by the people who will quote unquote cancel them. Mm -hmm. And now we're going into a whole nother area of being disingenuine. Like, like, come on. I want some realness. Authenticity. Yes. If you really feel bad, if you really feel like you need to offer an apology or do whatever, do it because you really feel it. Don't do it because of pressure. You know, I don't. And and I just don't like just just own your crap. Like if you really are 
like feeling some type of way about what you said and you really believe in that, then say that. Like, don't go apologize mm-hmm. because you got a bunch of trolls trying to force you into an apology. And I went, I've experienced that with the whole situation with me, with the show, with the fight. You're not going to tell me when I should feel remorse and you're not going to tell me when I should apologize. Nobody's going to do that. Only I can feel that. And I'll do that when I'm ready to do it. Because otherwise, if you do it too fast and people are like, oh, you being fake. Oh, you didn't really mean it. Oh, you only did it because of this. So err on the side of caution. Do it when you feel as though you're ready to. And then you move and then you just accept whatever, you know, feedback people have. If you can, you know, you are much. First off, I didn't I don't know if I'm. I've I've been wanting to say this to you is that, you know, when you were going through everything and you were like, I just don't know how I feel right now. I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, that's the most real answer that you can have. And that would make sense to anybody. Like when people are going through something and they're still trying to process it and still trying to develop a reaction because they're living in it. I mean, that's authenticity. That's being honest and real. So you're right. Some BS apology just means nothing. You're so much more respected when you're owning it and when you're acknowledging the process and your feelings about it. Um, Yeah. I'm with you. The cancel culture. Yes, it is. And that, and, that, and that situation where Monique went through it definitely showed how strong she was because and ever since I've known Monique, she's been strong. She speaks her mind. She's going to do what she want to do. And, you know, she'll compromise when she needs to. But, you know, I admired that whole strength in her at that moment being attacked by several different people and people coming down on her. And she still stood her ground and was just totally honest. I don't feel anything right now. I don't feel remorse. And, you know, once she, you know, feels it, then, you know, then she's going to express that. And, you know, people need to understand that and they need to relate to that. They need to drop down from being, a, you know, an attack dog to really relating to that. That's realness. And there's yeah. still people out there. Yeah. And, and it makes your apology and the remorse, it makes the remorse so much more, um, I don't know, compelling because you know that you can feel it with that person. Right. Because you saw them go through the process of navigating it um, and kind of dealing with it all. So, yeah, definitely. Yes. And just tying it all back to just social media in general process. That's what's missing on social media. You only see the before and then you see the after, but you don't see the process in between. And that is the most important part is how did you deal with that? Well, you were at a low and I see this picture of you at a low. And then I see fast forward a picture of you at this ultimate high. How did you navigate all of what you've been through? And I really think that that's a powerful testimony in itself. People need to understand that nothing just, you don't blink your eyes and bam, you just have this. There's a buildup to something. And then there's a process after you have received whatever or dished out whatever to get to that end point. And so many people, when they rely on what they are seeing on social media, they forget that there is a process. They think that they can turn it on and turn it off. And that is what creates mental issues. Mm-hmm. That people feel like, wait, but I see other people turning it on and turning it off and it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. That's because that's not what's really happening. That's not what's really going on. You have to go through process in order to get to a point of growth. And then when you see the growth, you have more of an understanding. And then you realize like, whoa, they went through all of that to get to this point. I can appreciate that. I can admire that because I'm human and I've done that too. Or I've experienced growth in that same way as well. Mm hmm. Yes. So, yeah. So maybe maybe people need to document the growth. 
whether it's counseling or whatever it may be. That would be nice. That would be amazing. Um, And also just like Ali was saying with just posting real stuff. I love when I see those memes where it has like Instagram versus reality and it'll be like this great, perfect picture. And then it'll show you like what's really going on. Um, I actually love that. One of my favorite pictures of me and my family is after we had Chase, everybody was just looking all over the place. I'm looking at the baby. Chris is laughing, looking down. Milani's got her face all bunched up because she was ready to be done. And Christopher was just looking like I am over this. <laughs> and it was literally one of my favorite pictures because it really captured what really was going on to get to that perfect picture. And to me, that means more than getting to the perfect picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just feel like people should just feel comfortable to be more real. Let your guard down. You'd be surprised how many more people can relate to you versus those perfect pictures that people post trying to get all those likes and all those comments. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I know you said that, because um, like Christopher, is he... What at what age, you know, do kids want to have their have control of their own social media? And I know that there are apps for kids as well um, that they can use to kind of like a almost like a kid version of Instagram or something. I don't know. And I don't want my kids ever to find that out. (laughs) I think it's all about the maturity level of the kid. You know, if it's the eighth grade, you turn them loose with it. You know, it's all about, you know, um, you know, how they relate to certain things, their maturity level, understanding, protecting themselves, privacy, stuff like that. You know, if one kid's way more mature, then you might turn them loose a little bit earlier. But if they're not, then you hold them off a little bit. Well, and I, I, found, um, I found a couple tips for like parents whose kids, you know, are wanting to be on social media. Yeah, and- before you do that, I just, wanted to say, I just wanted to say one thing. My kids are young. I feel like these are those fundament, those fundamental years that you have to take advantage of instilling so much into them so that it stays with them. So that when their kids are trying, when their friends are trying to force them or peer pressure them into posting something inappropriate or engaging in an activity that is inappropriate right now is the time where we're instilling that in them. So my prayer is that everything that I'm teaching them right now about being appropriate and what the backlash could be, and even using myself as an example with being on reality TV and letting them see some of my mistakes and understanding how I got through it. I'm hoping that that will be what will guide them when they get a little bit older and now they have their own social media accounts. But I do know that they have like parental um, checks and balances that you can do to monitor your kids' accounts, which I would definitely be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just, I just want my kids to know that how you act in real life on social media, all of those things need to connect and you need to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a position to be, you know, making yourself look like crazy, getting caught out there and affecting your entire life. You have way too many kids out there right now who are thinking that suicide is a better answer because of pressure that they're receiving over a bad post, you know? So, so we have to, we have to do that work now. Absolutely. I mean, very, very well said. I told, I totally agree. Um, And by the way, and you know, when it comes to you posting pictures of especially like Milani and Christopher because they're older you know Sam's at the age where he's like you know don't take a picture of me and I think that when your kid says that like you know you respect it leave him alone alone. exactly don't force a picture I had a person actually comment on one of my pictures when I posted T'Challa and they were like oh you don't even post your kids anymore well my kids are older this is the only 
this is the only person pet in the house that <laughs> will allow me to take pictures and not complain about it. So Chala loves taking pictures. He will sit there and pose. He sees when I put the camera up, he'll give you a little side eye. It's <laughs> hilarious. Shades, he'll let me post him a lot. When I was posting my kids a lot, they were younger. They're older now. They don't want to take pictures all the time like they used to. And I'm fine with that. So that is a great point. And that's also the reason why I don't post as much of my kids because they're just not feeling it. And Mm -hmm. when they are and they're like, mommy, take a picture of me. Okay, cool. I don't put that pressure on them. I don't force them. Yep, absolutely. Um, And, you know, when when you talk about like instilling that confidence and just that knowledge about social media in general, like, you know, as they get older, making sure they know, hey, don't post something that you don't want your grandma to see or your boss, your future boss to see or your teachers to see. I mean, you need to be careful about the kind of content you're posting because, right, when I was in college, that's when Facebook first came out. So I jumped on it. I was so excited about it. But like this generation, they're growing up with TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram. And it is all just like, everywhere. So you have to be careful about what you are putting out there. No, you're definitely right on that because, um, you know, when I worked at the University of Alabama, we would have a social media person to come in and talk to the guys about just being responsible of what they put on there because, you know, a lot of these kids, they want to get drafted to the NFL. And if you put something on there, whether it's marijuana or, you know, drugs or alcohol or something, you know, inappropriate, Mm -hmm. What's the first thing the NFL is going to check? They're going to go to your social media because it tells everything about you. And if they spot something on there, you might be a top 10 pick, supposed to make $50 million on your first contract, but you might slide to a fourth round pick. And now you're only making four or five million. So you need to be responsible and be thoughtful of that. Keep that in your mind. Absolutely. Allie, um, you want to go ahead and give us some tips as we close out today? This was a great, this was a, what? Oh, no. One thing I want to say too, just security purposes with social media. Don't post everywhere that you're going because a lot of times the criminals are watching. And if Mm -hmm. you're on vacation, they know your house is vacant. So, you know, people will take advantage of that. And also too, you know, just for your safety alone, you know, you might want to post that stuff after you get back, you know, so you need to keep that in mind. Yeah. We actually started doing a lot of that. Just like taking whatever pictures and video that we want. And then when we get back from vacation, that's when we go ahead and post. And also it's nice because you're enjoying your vacation while you're on it. Versus yep. Like trying to keep up with what's going on on social media. I, I used to be that person. <laughs> so that's why Chris is over here smiling, cheesing, cackling. <laughs> Much better now. But I will let people know for those robbers out there who think they might know my house is vacant. It's always full. And I got my outdoor cameras working. Thanks to Bravo putting me on blast when my cameras weren't working outside. (laughs) Cameras inside, outside, all the way around the whole perimeter are working. And this security system is always on. And um, everything is armed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, we talked about two of the things already, just like the privacy settings and the fact, you know, don't put put anything up there that you wouldn't want a future boss or your grandma to see. And then one of the tips I thought was interesting and a good idea was um, to put limits on, you know, maybe no phone in the bedroom or no laptop in the bedroom. Keep everything in public spaces. So when it comes to screen time, you kind of it's in pub it's in, you know, the family room or the kitchen. So you know where things are being done. Yes, absolutely. Even with my kids, um, because sometimes they like to watch YouTube and I want to hear what's being said. Mm -hmm. I want to monitor what they're watching because 
sometimes they have these weird commercials that are supposed to be for kids and it's like adult content or it's like a song that comes on that's very raunchy. Mm-hmm. And I'll immediately tell them like, uh-uh, what are you watching? What is that? Let's go ahead and find something else. And my kids, sometimes they'll even come to me and say, mommy, something really weird popped up on my screen. Um, and That's one thing I'm us. proud of too, because at one while they used to sneak and try to watch the stuff and then we would catch them and we would talk to them and not come down on them too hard, but we yeah, might we have did. to punish. Because I actually, Christopher couldn't go on YouTube for a oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you're right. I, I, I guess year. I meant from a yelling standpoint. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, it was for, you know, basically we would take the stuff and punish them and hold it from them. But at the end of the day, now they run to us, daddy, daddy, something's inappropriate, you know? And I'll look don't... at it. Sometimes it's not even that bad, but, I, <laughs> but no, but I tell them like, I'm proud of you for stepping up. That's very mature. You're being responsible. You know, you can always be honest with daddy and mommy, stuff like that. So they're really good about, you know, and, and then they'll tell on each other as well. So <laughs> a good thing. yes, they, they are because they know that they can get that whole year. That's right. We ain't playing. <laughs> whole year <laughs> no youtube yes but no this was such a great topic um i hope that people were able to really take something from this and maybe have some tips as they're raising children or even tips for yourself um i definitely want to give a moment of silence to those who are truly loving and embracing themselves and to the people who realize that everybody has at least one thing that they wish they can change on their body Moment of silence, done. (laughs) Thank y'all so much. I think we gave a lot of confessions while we were doing the entire episode. This was great. We'll see y'all next week. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. (laughs) If you're going to be on social media, make sure you're following Not For Lazy Moms. (laughs) Visit our our website, www.notforlazymoms.com. Check out our store. If you're trying to potty train, make sure you check out our book. Um, Everything is there. And we thank you as always. And we will see you next week. Take care.